Awesome. Hey, welcome. If you're here new today, we have some stuff for you. We have a connection corner in the back. I'd love to just say hi. Uh, we have a gift for you if you're new here and this is your first time. We love to give you gifts. Um, that's just the way we do things. Um, and we would love to give you a gift and connect with you and have a, um, we have a connection card. You don't, we're not going to get crazy emails and, you know, um, things like that, but it's just more, we just want to connect with you. We want to know, um, about you and we just want to we want your family to connect with our family that's the bottom line and one of the things here i'm really excited about my name's chris and um that's not what i'm excited about i um uh, i'm the pastor here along with jason i have a privilege of just serving here and being here and i love it um i'm new here too this is my fifth or sixth month (laughs) but i plan on being here for 60 years so you can't get rid of me sorry um but, uh, but I love it. We're in the midst of vision. We're in the midst of figuring out what God has for us or something to do through us to the world outside. And, and a vision is not just something that you see or get and you say, that's nice. A vision compels us. A vision drives us. Uh, the Bible says a people or a city without vision falter and fall. And that's so true, isn't it? If we don't have that purpose, we don't have that vision for our life, then, then where are we going? I don't know. What marks us differently than the inchworm that's just getting one foot farther every day? But see, we know that God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope, a vision, a purpose, and a future. And I love that. And so as a church, we want to have that same vision that God has for us to work through us and to each member. In fact, I'm really excited because this whole connection, uh, growing and serving has really done some cool things. I just want to highlight some stuff because right now we're in the serve part. So we're in, we're in this part here and we're very intentional about making this visual because everybody else does it. Not just that, but, but this is easy for me. I'm like, where are we? Oh, we're in the connect part, or we're in the grow part, or the serve part. But it just makes it easy to me because I'm not very smart. So that's always a good thing, you know. Where are we, Chris? Just look at the, oh, okay, okay. All right, there I am. All right, so that helps me, you know. So, I, yeah, just the way it is. Um, but this last couple of weeks, as we've been going this, I've been able to connect with over 20 people. How awesome is that? 20 people that I didn't know before in the Connection Corner. And this, uh, at 1 o'clock after church, we are going to be having the Connect class. Um, we're going to actually have it in here. And we're going to start doing these once a month, which I'm really excited about. But this is basically saying, if you're new here, that's great. But this is for also those people that are saying, I want to make the mission my home. Uh, my family wants to be a part of your family. And so the Connect class is just a a simple thing that we we connect with you and we want to show you who we are as the Christian and Missionary Alliance, as our denomination, but also show you who we are as a church. And it's only about an hour. It's at 1 o'clock. And I'm hoping a lot of you who say that you want this to be your home will be here. But don't worry, if you can't make it, we are going to be having them a lot more frequently over the next couple of months. So, um, in fact, we're probably going to be running them year-round just because that's how I do things. Um... But after that, we also have a handful of people that have already signed up to be baptized. How awesome is that? How awesome. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. We're going to be meeting at the Ashley's home. I hope we ask the Ashley's. I don't know if they know yet. Um, <laughs> Adrian's giving me that look like you are. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, okay. But it, it, don't worry. We've got a month or two to, to prepare for it. April 27th. And we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to hang out, eat ribs, and get dunked. 
How, how's that sound? That, that's fun for me. Um, and so it's going to be awesome. And so if you have been thinking about baptism, if you've, if you've never done that, we don't do that to get saved. We do that because we are. And we just want to show people, we want to tell people that, that the redeemed of the Lord say so. As it says in the Bible, that the redeemed say, hey, guess what? I have a new life. I, I was old and now I'm new. I was broken, but God's working in me. And that's that whole idea of baptism, the fresh start of just, it's, it's God working in me. You know the crazy thing, and I'm not gonna, I was gonna not go here, but I'm going to because I'm crazy and I have ADD. Um, that, that one song we sang, he make, you make everything new. You, 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 I love that. Like, I was broken and, you know, and you, you put these things together. Um, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about this. He talks about how we are treasures in jars of clay. And see, back in the day, the jar of clay was like the to-go bag. Uh, of today, right? Like when you go to Vons or you go somewhere, they, you, paper or plastic, right? They, they would have said, clay pot or clay pot, right? <laughs> so so here, here, here you can understand these, these giant jars of clay. But see, the first century, people didn't have banks, right? So what they would do is if they had something very valuable, they'd put it in a really ordinary clay pot. And so there'd be all these clay pots, and if you were a thief breaking, you'd be like, oh man, which clay pot is it? I don't know, there's so many, right? And so the idea is, Apostle Paul says, we are treasures, in these clay pots. See, the outside doesn't look all that great. Kind of like our church, right? <laughs> you know, I love our church, but, but you know, it, it, it's definitely in need of a little bit of, you know, we were working on it. I was here the other day doing some um, weeding and, and things like that. But the inside, isn't that what matters? We don't want to present something so beautiful on the outside and on the inside, it's like, ooh, I don't want to go there. We want that inside to be renewed, to be treasures in jars of clay. How cool is that? And so that's what we're looking at. Um, you know, we have in Grow, we have a ton of people that signed up for our Grow groups. And there's, there's, uh, if you guys are new here or you don't know and you've been here for a while, you, we have sign-up sheets always on our info booth right outside in the foyer. Just right out there for Grow groups and for signing up to help and just everything else. And, and we'd be happy to, to show you where those are. But we're just, oh, we're so excited. I'm excited because my family finally is going to be in a grow group. <laughs> I need that. I want to connect with people. I want to journey with people. And I just, I love seeing people that I can journey with and, and being a part of what God is doing in this world around us. We're going to be starting a prayer group um, that not only meets once a week to pray for, for you, really, to pray for you and, and to pray for those people out there. And, and, and the people at your work, or, or we want to pray. We want to be very intentional about that. You see, Jesus said, my house is to be a house of prayer, and I believe that. But by the way, the house of the Holy Spirit is us. And we want to pray. And so we're going to start a prayer group and a prayer chain, and we want to pray for the service, and we want to pray for people. We want to pray for you. And so we want to be very intentional about that. And we're going to be doing that. Um, I've been talking... With, um, well, I'm actually going to share that after because I don't want to show my hand before I've played it here. So, we're looking at serving this week, and I'm really excited. Serving 1.0. And, and honestly, if we're connecting with the community, we're growing in faith, serving is just one of those things, isn't it? See, if we're looking upward to God, and He's working inward in us, then He should be working through us outward. Amen? And that's what we look at here. This is the simple concept. You can draw that on a napkin, can't you? God, me, others. That's simple. It's not that hard. And it's good for people like me. Like I said, I'm stupid. So it's okay. 
I love it. So we've been talking to people like the Blessing Center that's in Redlands that are doing awesome things. We're talking about different things that we can do here. We also, I've got a really cool video that we're going to show next week of some of the people that we're partnering with in Russia. Because I don't know if you know this, but there's some crazy stuff going on in Russia. God knows about it. He's known about it for a long time. And he's already got people there that are working alongside those people who are also going, what's going on? I don't know. This world is getting crazy. And God's a part of it. God's doing something through that chaos. He's making beautiful things. And I'm excited about that. Um, and so, if, if again, if you're new here, I, I believe in taking notes because it just helps me. And so we, we have different bulletins that, that if you haven't gotten one, we can always get that to you. But what we mean by serve is it is the movement of God to us and now through us. And it's that simple. That's what we mean by serve. Because God loves all people. This is why we're very intentional about not just being a multi-generational church. And what I mean by multi-generational is, in that prayer group, I want nine-year-olds praying. Because I believe God is working in a nine-year-old. Sixth graders, seventh graders, I believe some, God is doing something in you that's huge, and I want you to be a part of it. And just because you're young doesn't mean we look down upon you. You see, and also the older people, you have so much experience and there's so much that we can learn and grasp and yet there's so much that we can do together. So we are multi-generational and I believe that and I'm purposeful about that and I do not want to separate us. That is the biggest problem that we have in the church today is we separate everybody and I don't want to separate people. I want your kids to come up here. I want there to be young ones that are praying. I want the old ones to pray. It does not matter. We're multi-generational because when you get to heaven, there's no kids section. You see what I'm saying? When we get to heaven, there's no, oh, oh, where are the seasoned saints? No, we're all seasoned saints. You see? And, and I also believe in being multicultural. I think one of the worst things that's happened in the church today is we have a, a Hispanic church. We have an African-American church. We have a, by the way, you get to heaven, there's no African-American section. There's no Russian section. There's no Chinese section. It's all one section. And that's under the foot of the cross. We've been redeemed. By one man who came to all nations. And we don't want to be segregated. We want all people to feel comfortable here. That's, that's what I love about the church. That's the mystery that Paul talks about, isn't it? Amen? That God is doing something that we can be right alongside people that we used to never think about being alongside of. Going, I, I would never have known you if it wasn't for Jesus. But I am so much richer and newer because of our relationship together. Amen? And I love that. I love that. So what we want to look at today is our first part of serve. And this just isn't our verse that we have as our main verse or as our main verse for the Christian and Missionary Alliance, but I believe, that, I believe this is a very important verse. And so what I'd like to do is have everybody stand up as we read God's Word, just out of respect and reverence for His Word. And it's right out of Matthew 28. And this is God's movement to us and then through us. So Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, you may be seated. This is an interesting, this is an awesome thing. We call this in the church the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission. This is the commandment of God where He's saying, hey, I've done this, now you go and do likewise. And this is great stuff, but 
But there's some problems here. Things get lost in translation. Um, thankfully, we have, we have great teachers. We have great understanding of the Greek language. And what saddens me is when we see this first part, it's easy for us to already look at this and say, oh, now there's layers. Now there's something where you have some people who are this way, but then some people who are this way. And we do that at society, don't we? We say, oh, they're, they're good, but they're even better. And we get caught up in this a lot in the church. Oh, they're an okay Christian, uh, but these guys are really good Christians. No, you're just a Christian. <laughs> that's, that's it. There's no layers. There's no hierarchy. But that's the way it is in, in, in every relationship, in every stratosphere or stratification system that we can put on earth today. He's a good worker. He's not a good worker. They're white. They're black. Young, old, girl, boy, whatever, right? We, we, we typify, we stereotype, we put it down. But see, in the word, that's not the case. You either are a lover of Christ or you aren't. And, and one of the things, let me, let me explain this. It says, we read this, when they saw him, they all worshipped, but some doubted. See, in the Greek, it's not like that. In the Greek, it's they all worshipped and they all doubted some. You, you, you get the, the difference there? They all worshipped, but they all doubted some. But see, we translate it, they all worshipped, and some of them doubted. No. Because then again, like I'm saying, one person's better than the other, and that's not the way it is. You see, we all can worship, and I know you've been there. This is the human experience. You have gotten to a place, maybe it's marriage. You've gotten into your marriage, it's been a year, and you're like, man, I have some doubts. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to the human race. You wanted this kid so bad, but the kid will not stop crying. And a big part of you is like, if I just drop him off to someone else's house, maybe they'll take care of him, right? I'm sorry, but those thoughts have happened. I remember my wife and I, we had twins. I don't remember that year and a half of my life. I honestly don't. I remember getting up. There was no, oh, I'll sleep in, you take care of him. No, no. We had one on one side of the bed and one on the other. And we had an 18-month-old who liked to put poop on the walls. I'm sorry, but it's true. This is life. This is life. This is what happens. And so here we are going, uh, uh, and, and man, I reveled in the fact I had these amazing kids, but I also doubted some. Because that's life. And see, here are these disciples who are standing at the feet of Jesus and saying, oh, you are God. You are the Son of God. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. But I still struggle. And I think that's a big amen. Because I struggle. One of the worst things I hate about being a pastor is people look at me and they try to put me up on this pedestal and I'm not supposed to be there. I don't want to be there. Absolutely I want to follow the Lord and absolutely I want to run with all my, my strength and mind and soul to pursue God, but I don't always do it. I get mad, just like you. I get angry. I get sad. I doubt. But at the end of the day, I have a Lord that I will continue to worship and He will continue to lift us up and move toward us. Do you get that? And this is what's so awesome about what we have in Jesus. If you know Christ, you have worshipped worshipped at His feet, but you have also doubted Him too. You see, what I see in this, and if you're taking notes again, we can't serve Jesus unless He serves us. We can't serve Jesus unless He serves us. See, if we never doubted, then we don't need a helper. If we've never sinned, we don't need a Savior. You get it? And so the basic concept is, if we are ever going to truly serve in God's way and in God's function, we need to be served by God. Otherwise, we're hypocrites. We're hypocrites. God knows this. 
And he sent his son to serve to those who are not perfect. I didn't send my son to the healthy. I didn't send my son to the pretty. I didn't send my son to the wealthy. I didn't send my son to those that were awesome. And I thought, man, they don't even barely need me, but I'm going to go to them because they're the top notch. No, he sent them to me. He sent him to me. And believe me, I'm not perfect. And he sent him to you. Why? Because he wants to serve you. He wants to die for your sins. He wants to show you the new way the new truth, and the new life. This is what's so amazing about God. We are not to be perfect before we serve, but we can be served by the perfect one. Do you get that? We're not to be perfect before we serve. We are to be served by the perfect one. And that's what's so cool about this. That's the beauty and truth of God's word shining in our broken world and our broken lives. You know, he could have said, you know what, guys? Seriously? Because he knew, by the way, he's in God full form here. He, he could have said, I know you guys are doubting, and that's just sad and pathetic. Why don't you come back to me when you work that out? I'm not even going to accept your worship right now, because it's kind of like, mm, not perfect. And I'm perfect, so just get away from me for a while. When you get it all straightened out, then you can come back to me, you turkeys. Right? He could have said that. <laughs> but he didn't. Because God knows who we are. He knows you more than you know you. And he knows what you're going to do in the future and how you're going to screw up and he still asks you to serve him. You see, what blows me away about God, every step that I take has already been walked by the foot of Christ in grace. That's the gift. That's Jesus. He never calls us to be perfect. But he sends his perfect son to do it for us and just follow him. Awesome. He always moves first. See, I always try to do this backwards. I remember, uh, I grew up in a broken home. I didn't have a perfect life. And I didn't really allow God to work in that. And I remember growing up with my peers, and my peers would talk about their broken homes sometimes. But really what happened is we'd all get together, and we would just kind of do things and didn't realize that our brokenness was affecting our present. And I never allowed God to really serve me in that and say, hey, I want to help you. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the time when Jesus takes off his outer garments, and he goes before his disciples, who are really messed up, kind of dumb people, just like me. And, and he says, hey, I'm going to wash your feet. And, and Peter says, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. I should be washing your feet. And Jesus says, oh, you don't understand. <laughs> i got to serve you first. You're dirty. I need to clean you. And Peter's like, well, then wash everything. Because <laughs> I love Peter, right? Uh, then wash everything. You got a sponge? We'll do sponge bath. <laughs> and he's like, oh... You're cool, Pete. We, 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 I'll just get your feet. You'll be all right. <laughs> I don't want to get your pits, man. <laughs> Before uh, axe and deodorant and all that, right? But the truth is, God wants to serve us. He wants to serve us. He desires to serve you. Do you know that? And I have had a huge ministry, huge ministry, with dealing with kids with broken homes. Maybe because I allowed them to serve me in my broken home. We can't serve Jesus unless he serves us. By the way, there's a lot of alls in this passage. If you, if you read through it, you count about five alls. Four real alls, five one implied, right? So there's about five alls in this whole passage. And the first two, there's three that are very important. 
But the first two have to do with serving him first. And that's the all authority has been granted to me. And I'll be with you all the days of our life. This is like like the comfort, the bookends of the whole passage. Like, you know, I'm here to serve you. And and to tell you that, I I give you this authority. And, And to tell you that, I'm with you always. I'm serving you first. And then the last all is our response. Make disciples of all nations. That's our response. So let's start with the first all. This is interesting. In the Greek, this is emphatic. It says, to me, to me. Okay, this is presumptive. All right, let me just say, put it this way. A first century Jewish guy saying, hey, to me, everything. Everything. This is not just, hey, 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 everybody. One, two, three, eyes on me. Okay, this isn't that. Hey, crisscross applesauce, listen to the teacher. Right? Let's sit down, let's do our thing, and, and you can pay attention, and I've got a story to tell you. No, this is, hey, you see everything around you, every atom in existence, to me. To me. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? Because right there is not a statement some prophet would make. Right there is not a statement that some great guy in the past would say. That is a statement basically saying, hey, you know who God is? That's me! That's me. I want you to write down a passage. This is very important. Isaiah 42.8. Isaiah 42.8 says awesome things. It says this. It says, this is God, the Father of all creation. I share my glory with no one else. I don't share my glory with no one else. I will not share my glory with anyone else. Because God says there is only one God. And here's this Jewish guy saying, to me, all glory All power has been given. But wait, Isaiah 42, you will not share, he won't share, maybe because Jesus is God. You see, this is the Trinity. This is God the Son. And this is a very important thing to remember, that Jesus has that resume. He rose from the dead. He wasn't just someone who made claims, he backed them up. He backed them up through the power of the Holy Spirit when he raised, was raised. And I'm really excited, by the way, because Easter's coming up. Easter's awesome. We've got a five-week like series about risen. It's, I think it's, we're going to name it Risen. It is now. If we haven't figured out a name, I just named it. Okay, it's on record. But we're going to walk through this because these are the biggest claims ever. No other religion has ever said this. And he stands before him and says, "By the way, I'm God. Look at the holes in my hands. Look at the holes in my feet. I'm God. To me, to me, all glory, and I will not share it with no other. All glory." Authority on earth too. Which seems a little crazy by the way because three days before he's hanging on a cross and what did those people say? Hey, if you are all powerful, if you are all great, then get off the cross. Come on, you're God. Come on, just get off the cross. I mean the mocking, the jeering, you can understand this. Here's God in a bod and he's on the cross and he has these people looking at him saying, get off of there, stupid. Whatever they were going to say, get out, get out of there. And he's just like, you know why he stayed on that cross? For you. Because all authority and power was given to him so that he could move toward you first. You see, what's so amazing about the scripture is we have, since the beginning of Genesis to the end, God saying, I am moving towards my people. I am moving towards my my creation, towards my sons, towards my daughters, because I love them. And they cannot move unless I move first, and I will always move first. I will always love first. First John says we love because he first loved us. We love 
Because he first loved us. That's God. That's the Father who runs toward us. Amen? He runs toward us. And here is Jesus saying, all authority. All authority. And I did it for you. That's the comfort. That's the serve. I did it for you. And I will always be with you to the end of the age. He didn't come down off that cross, get this, so that we can be lifted up. He didn't come down from that cross so that, 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 not just so that he could just be, hey, I'm God now, I proved it. No, he didn't get off that cross because he wanted to show us that he was there to lift us up to the Father. Because there is no way to the Father but through that Son who got on the cross. That's the truth of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, we covered those two comfort alls, but now we've got the all that's our part. It's our response. And teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Remember, it's to all nations. This is why we believe in being a generational church. This is why if, if our, our brothers and sisters who are homeless come, I'm never going to say no. I'm going to sit them in the front row and I'm going to love on them just as I would I love on, a, on anybody else. Why? Because it's all nations. All nations. And the church hasn't always gotten this. In fact, the church didn't always get this too. There was times when the book, book of James, the, 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 the stepbrother of, of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, he says to, to, to the church, he says, you guys are missing it. Because the wealthy people, you're saying, hey, hey, hey. I can tell you got some money. And we'd like to have some of it. Why don't you come on down here? We'll put you, look at this. We got an oversized chair. We got a plush couch. Oh, you like lazy boys? We got a lazy boy right here for you. Oh, I'm sorry. You have no money? We have a place in the back. Oh, I'm sorry. You're black? We have a place in the back. Oh, you're, you're Hispanic? We got a place in the back. No. This is what was happening in the church. And James says, who the heck do you think you are? That's not what the church is. All nations, all people. You mean the ones I don't like? Yep. You mean the ones that stink? Uh-huh. You mean the ones that just are playing music till 12 o'clock at night and I, I, I want to go over and pound them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially those. All nations. All nations. Please thank the Lord that he did this. Because the Jewish boy of his day would pray this. Lord, thank you for not making me a dog, a Gentile, or a woman. You'll never hear that from the church, from Jesus Christ. See, we like to say some, he says all. Amen? We serve so that we might make disciples of all people. All people. This is why we offer the Roots class. I'm so excited. I love this. Basic discipleship. Nine weeks. All people. We do this four times a year. We want to teach what it means to not just... See, because it's not about knowledge. It's not about knowledge. I was talking to someone the other day and they said, Oh, I know they believe. And I'm thinking, no, they don't believe. Because look at their life. If they believed, they wouldn't live that way. It's kind of like, you believe if you get in your car, you will drive it off a cliff. Are you going to get in that car? 
Probably not. Horrible analogy. Go with it. I believe that if I do this, then this will happen, but I do it anyway. That's called insanity. Right? But we have a tendency to take belief and make it something we have in our head, but doesn't play out in our feet, in our hands, and everything else. You see, the Jewish understanding of belief was, we live it. I don't just know it, I live it. And so what we have here is we have, we, we, we talk about this in the roots class. See, God's not just saying that He is God incarnate, that He is all-knowing, all-loving, but what does that look like in your life? How does that play out in your day-to-day? What does God mean when He says obey? What does that look like? What does that look like? You see, we want to not just say something. We want to do something. This is what God did. For God so loved the world, he told him, no. For God so loved the world, he had a big press conference. No, for God so loved the world that he got on Facebook and got a thousand likes, right? No, for God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. He sent. He served. He said, 11 guys, come around me. 12 of them, but one of them fell away. So don't feel bad when you have buddies that just say, hey, I don't want to... I don't want anything to do with you. Jesus had one. But 11 people he poured his heart into and said, I don't want to just tell you what to do. I want to show you what to do. I want to make disciples. I'm going to start with you. And Pete's like, I'm stupid. (laughs) He's like, you're perfect. Simon the Zealot said, I like to start wars. He said, you're perfect. And it's not because he wanted him to start wars, but he said, you're messed up just like everybody else. And he started talking to all the people there. Oh, you're a tax collector, Matthew? No one likes you? You're perfect. You see, he calls all people and he wants to make disciples. Amen? But this is the God who moves toward all people and so should we. So how do we do this? Basic concept. This is the easy part. But it's the most hardest thing you'll ever do. We connect all people to Jesus by what? By living our life with them. See, teaching is not just something we do. A lot of us get this idea of teaching as, okay, I need a chalkboard, maybe a flannel graph. I can have a little Jesus up there with some lambs and we can talk about this. And I'll say, hey, did you see this? And that's teaching. No, that's not teaching. People today don't want you to talk to them. They want you to show them, don't they? Don't tell me. Show me. See, I used to have a stepdad that said, hey, one day I'm going to take you to do this. And he would say it a lot. Did I ever go? Nope. And I got to a point where I was pretty cynical as a kid. And teachers would say, you should do this. And I'd go, mm-mm. Because everybody tells me one thing and then does another. And one of the worst things I ever heard from adults was, do as I say, not as I do. What? What kind of junk is that? <laughs> if you really believe it, you're going to do it. Don't tell me that. And kids aren't stupid. They know. I know. I remember I was working as a youth pastor one of my first couple years. And when I started, I had little babies. My my daughter here is in the front row. She's in seventh grade, going into eighth grade. But when I started, that was about 11 years ago, she was a little little thing, you know, just running around, thumbing her her mouth, and hee, a little blanket and stuff, you know, fun. It's real, yeah. mm -hmm. And (laughs) so, but I had four of them, okay? And they were running around. and, And it was hard because as a youth pastor, you work a lot harder than the pastor. This is the truth. (laughs) <laughs> don't tell a pastor that, but it's true. They work a lot harder. Um, this is why I honor youth pastors. I was, I was doing four messages a week. I was doing so much work. And I said, I need my babies around me. 
I want to have my generational thing around me. I don't want this just to be about this. And so I started including my family. And my kids would come. And sometimes it was hard because they're saying things. And one time I was preaching and my son comes up and gives me a hug. While I'm preaching! I'm like, hey, okay. You know, but I, you know, but that's the way it is. But I remember a kid coming to me who had no dad. And his dad had left a long time ago. And he said, Pastor Chris, God has shown me what a real father is. And it wasn't because you said something. It's because you showed me. And I'll never forget that. Do you see? God has us here. He's dropped us in the midst of a culture that says God is dead. He's dropped us in the midst of a culture that says we have no purpose. We have no function. Just live. And he said, now go and do likewise. This is what serving is. We connect all people to Jesus by living our life with them. Live your life. The world does not need to see another unhappy couple. The world does not need to see another disgruntled employee. The world does not need to see another self-absorbed teenager. Please, Lord. We have enough of that on Facebook. But the world needs to see these dead lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. The world needs to see dead lives that are now alive by the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Testimonies of how God saved our marriage. Testimonies of how God gave me a purpose at my work. Testimonies of how God gave me a passion to live for those around me. And not just myself anymore. You see, God makes all things new. Are you living it? This is what we mean by serve. You see, and I'll never ask you to do something that I will not do myself. I'll never do that. See, when I say, hey, serve, I should be the first one serving. And that's not a prideful thing. That's just God wants me to do the same thing. And so that's why I'm very intentional about putting on my... my David, what did you call that hat? A, ch- a ch- chipino? Oh, Ch- uh... <laughs> I put on my, my gardener hat and I get out there and I start, I start doing the weeds. And, and Cachicho? Cachucho. All right. It's my Cachucho. I got my Cachucho on and I'm out there. And, I, I, and you know what? It's hot. I don't want to be doing that. I'd rather be sitting on my lazy boy. But I'm not going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to say put on the Cachucho if I'm not willing to put on the Cachucho. Cachucha. I probably said something very bad and I apologize to the Spanish speakers. I'm very sorry about that. My email is jason at the mission dot com. <laughs> you notice he just walked out. I'm so excited about serving with the Blessing Center because they need pastors to go oversee things. And I said, sign me up. I said, sign me up. I want to be there. I want to go there. I was talking with um, Dennis Craig. And I'm looking for something where I can go into... Because you know what? I love that video because I don't want to be in this church all the time. That's the danger of being saved and served by Christ. Is we go, oh, that was good. Can I have another? Can I have another? Can I have another? And Jesus is like, hey, I served you so you can go do something. No, I just want to keep eating. I just want to stay right here. It's comfortable. It's safe. It's like when you're really tired and you don't want to get out of bed. But it's so warm. It's so warm in here. Oh, it feels so good. But eventually you got to get out because you got to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> you got to get up. Things are happening. You're, I got to get out of here. 
No, but it's so comfortable. And we do this as a church. We do this as, as Christians. Jesus serves us. And then he says, now go live it. And, and I was talking with, with my brother Dennis. And he said, he's, they do this thing called Toastmasters. I said, perfect. I'm not a very good speaker. So I want to get out there and learn to be a better speaker. So I'm going to go to Toastmasters. Oh, and, and you know what? There's no Christians there pretty much. Great. I want to meet non-Christians. I want to talk to non-Christians. I want to show them that a pastor isn't a weird. Well, okay, that's not a good I am a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. But I want to show them that Christians are just saved by the grace of God. And I struggle just like them. And they're not going to see that if I say, Hey, come into my cave. No, I need to go out of the cave. <laughs> I need to go hunt and gather with people around me. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. And I'm going to say the same to you. Because God has blessed you to be in a place where there are people looking at you. And how are you going to live your life? When someone comes in and slams money down on the counter and says, I don't like you, and you're going, I don't even know you, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? When you're working and these kids are disrespecting you, or, or, or you're at the job and the boss has it out for you, or you, know, you, you, you start going through it. It's not very hard because the world is a hard place. And pretty soon you start saying, God, how is it you would have me live in this situation? What is it you would have me do? That's the difference. That's what makes all the difference. We don't need to tell people, we need to show people. You see, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Jesus commanded a lot of things that I don't like. I don't like them. If I'm honest, I don't like them. Love your enemies, but I just really want to punch them. Right? If I'm honest, I really just want them to go away and never come back. Can I wish them into the cornfield, God? Because I just want to wish them into the cornfield. Can I go over and pop their tires? They'll never know. They'll never know. It's passive-aggressive perfect. No. No. God says, love them. Don't be a pretender, he says. Oh, but pretending is so much easier. <laughs> see, see, when I go and meet people, I like to tell them I'm a lot bigger than I really am. He says, don't do that. Be who you are. I don't like that one, God. Stop judging others. But it's so fun. People are so easy to judge. Right? They're so messed up. He says, stop that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Oh. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, start serving others. Yeah, but see, my lazy boy has a perfect imprint of my body and it fits really nice. And golf is on. Who watches golf? I like the courses, okay? But seriously, seriously, if we're honest, God says a lot of things in His commandments and we teach them. But how do we teach them? By showing them. I need to actually love my neighbor. I need to not pretend. I need to serve. When no one is cleaning the bathroom at work, be the first to step up. And you don't do it because you're earning points in heaven. You do it because God cleaned first and He served you and cleaned you up. And so you say, I'm going to clean others because I'm serving Jesus. I am serving Jesus because it's my relationship. No one has to tell me, hey, love your wife today, Chris. I do it because I love my wife. I'm not always perfect at it. But I go, God, help me to love her better. I want to show her I love her. I just want to tell her. I want to show her. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know who Shirley is, but man, Jesus is with her. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. Again, my email is jasonday at themission.com. Um, but we really couldn't do this 
if Jesus didn't add this. Surely I'm with you. I am with you. And don't forget, it's almost like he's saying, hey, 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 because you can see as they're worshiping, they're starting to doubt. Wait, wait, I'm supposed to do that? I'm supposed to do that? I'm supposed to live that way? How do I? I already, I ran away. When you died, I ran away. I, Peter's sitting there going, man, I just opened my mouth and out came doubt, 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 doubt. I can't do this. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, I get it. I know you can't do it, but in my power, you can. You see, I know you can do this because I'm with you to the end of the age. Not me, but Christ in me. That is the hope of glory. Amen? And that's what he says. I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be in you. You see, the truth is, as I said earlier, I came from a broken home and I was on the same track of breaking every home I stepped into before God got a hold of me and said, I want to do something in you. See, Jesus first moved towards me and then he served me. And I have a family today. And that's a testament to Jesus Christ and his power. That's a testament. And I don't always serve well. I doubt some. But God has never left me. And he's never forsaken me. And he'll continue to walk with me. How about you? I know that some of you are like me. You struggle. This is hard. You believe Him, but the power of the Spirit, you just go, I don't know if I'm struggling here and I don't think the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you as a believer in Jesus Christ. You are more than conquerors, the Apostle Paul says. Do you believe it? Do you know it? I know you struggle. I struggle. This is why I joined a grow group. They're probably going to get tired of me. They're probably going to get real tired of me. Chris, we know you're a stinker. Could you just stop talking about it? Oh, I need help. Could you pray for me? Okay, that I can do. (laughs) That's what we need. We need help. We need Jesus' power through us, through the body. In the words of my great theologian brother, Jason Day, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. When it comes to struggling, when it comes to just having a hard time believing that God is with us and for us. But look at what Apostle Paul says in Romans 8.11. He says this about the Holy Spirit in you and me as believers in Jesus. It stands to reason, he says, doesn't it? I picked this out of the message because I like this, the way he puts it emphatically. That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. See, when God lives and breathes in you, as He does, as surely as He did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With the Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's body. Greater things you will do, He says. Wait, Jesus, you did some pretty great things. He said, "Mm -mm, you should wait to see what I'm going to do through you to your family. I love hearing testimonies. I love just talking with Pete and Michelle. Great, great testimony. And every time I hear them, I go, how did you get here? Why are you not dead, Pete? <laughs> but the same thing they say to me. How did you make it? You should be insane. <laughs> you should be in, a, in, a, in an insane asylum getting your hair, hair combed by somebody. Because Jesus, the power of Christ, the power of Christ. So I guess this is the answer, the question here. How are you? This is simple stuff. It's, it truly is as simple as God moving toward us and then moving in us. 
and then through us. But the real question is, how are you doing? This isn't something we know, it's something we do. How's work? How's, dare say, home life? Is it sometimes a little scattered? Been there. Still sometimes do it. Bought the t-shirt. You see, life is hard. But Jesus is harder. Jesus is bigger. And He's going to get through. And if we live with Him and He serves us, and that's my first question, have you been served by the living Christ? Have you been served by this Jesus that wants to make you new? See, I heard a thing the other day that kind of bugged me. And it was a guy talking about religion. He said, all the religions of the world say that we can do it. That there's something good inside of us. And I said, yeah, all but one. Christianity. See, Christianity comes to us and says, by the way, there's nothing good in you. In fact, you're dead. But the good one has been sent. Jesus Christ. And he wants to serve you and be good through you. That's the difference. Not on your power, but his power. Amen? And so my hope right now is that if you have not seen this power of Jesus living through you in your family, if you have not seen this power living through you in your home, in, in your work, in your school, in your own life, then please, this is the come to Jesus moment. This is the time I want you to get in front of your maker who's already in front of you and says, what will you do? Will you go with me? Can I do it through you? My hope is yes. We believe here that every member has a mission. And that's that second part. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're looking for a place where you can jump in and maybe you're not jumped in. Maybe you're in the back because you've been hurt or you jumped in one time and it was so cold you went, I'm out of here. That's been me before. But see, we believe that every member has a mission. This is why I'm on the phone with the Blessing Center. Food bank, clothing, resource center to assist job workers, uh, medical, dental, hope initiative which works with local families suffering with HIV, positive and AIDS, and serving the homeless, individuals and families. They serve prisons and prison outreach. I mean, you name it, they're doing it. Let's go. What's, what's stopping you? You see, we have so many things in the church because that's what we believe. We believe serve the mission, serve the community, serve globally. It's so simple. You could write it on a napkin. But I guess my point is, after you've written it on a napkin, I want to pass it back to you and say, how are you doing? We don't have enough men teaching our kids. This saddens me. Men, you need to stand up and say, I will teach those little ones to love the Lord because I want to show them what it means to love the Lord. Serve. We need more people saying, Jesus loves you in soup lines. Not, it was paid for by the government. Here you go. Because we got enough of that. We want to say it was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why we serve. Amen? Do me a favor. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. And as the worship team comes on up, I just want to say yet again, this is simple. And I'll never ask you to do something that I won't do. I can't wait to start serving. Do I like it? All that? No, I don't. One, let me tell you a story. I used to be afraid of old folks' homes. I know it's stupid. 
But let me just say, I had a traumatic experience. And I remember when my church said, we're going to go to an old folk home and, and, and where, where there's older people who just can't get out of wheelchairs or whatever. And, and we're going to go serve them. And I said, that's fine and great. Have fun. I'll be back here in my lazy boy because I don't do that. And I was resting on a simple past thing that happened to me that was hard and I was traumatized and I could have just said, bless you. But the Lord needed to show me something as He served me in that moment that God had a place for me, especially as I wasn't comfortable because He was made uncomfortable for me on the cross. My challenge to you is where is God calling you? I pass that napkin back and I say, it's simple, where are you doing it? Where are you serving? Because God's calling you to serve your family. God's calling you to serve this community. We are not meant to just feed and feed and feed. We're meant to get fed and go out. I wish these chairs were more uncomfortable. Because I don't want you to sit here for long. (laughs) That's okay. You see, God was made uncomfortable. For your sake. There's nothing more uncomfortable than the cross. But he did that to call his loved ones to himself. Now who are those that are calling out and need to see God's love on that one? So my prayer, my hope is that this church would serve as much as it gets served. Amen? Lord, we come before you. We thank you. You are the God that serves us and we don't deserve it. We don't. I don't. But Lord, I know that as you've served me, you don't want me just to stay. You want me to go. You've said, I've given you everything. Now go. Put one foot in front of the other. Go to those places that I call you to go. And as a church, we are creating this. We are going with this and we're saying, brothers and sisters, come along. Because this community needs you. Those homeless people need you. Those poor families need you. Those rich families in their home, hold up in there, they need you. Whoever it is, rich, poor, black, white, they need you. They need the love of Christ. Just like we need it. And you've called us to serve them. And so, Father, I just pray, in the power that raised you from the dead, You empower us to go raise the dead. There's so many dead lives and you've given us everything. May we go. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. Lord, I pray that people would become a part of our church not just to be a church but so we can say, hey, you signed up Now you go. Lord, we just need more hands. We need more feet. The workers are few, but the harvest is so much. We need more people in the fields. Jesus, I pray that if there are people here that need to know you, they would know you. They would come to you. May we be blessed because you blessed us first. May we serve because you served us first. In Jesus' name, amen.